but now it's out of our control again. Like you know, the everything that we're trying to do right with you know the the, the one and a half meter, all the all the guidelines that we get, our industry has been doing the right thing, and um, it feels like we're being punished for you know the the misadventures of, of a few, or whether that's intentional or not. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Back in March, the lockdown sent chills down the spine of the industry. Over time, many have learnt to hang on and wait, or adapt and evolve to survive. But in Melbourne, just as things were picking up and the industry opened its doors again, sharp rises in daily COVID-19 cases forced the government's hand, and the industry and society was forced to close down again. What will the impact be on the Victorian hospitality sector? Rob Cabord is a head chef of Lecker in Melbourne, in the heart of the CBD. Rob, how are you going? Good. How are you? Uh, how are you, Huck? <laughs> um, probably faring a little better than you at the moment. How, how are you feeling right now? You got shut down in March, and now the news has just come that uh, the lockdown has been put in place. How are you feeling? Um, a little, a little, you know, to, you know, to be very honest, a little mixed emotions. There's a bit of, bit of anger, disappointment. Um, there's, there's, there's a bit of relief because, you know, we, we, we do need to combat this thing and kind of do the right thing and kind of keep, keep the community safe. And, um, but overwhelming, you know, it's kind of, it's nearly at sixes and sevens, kind of like it's the, the point of, you know, disorder and, and, and control, but you have neither or, or neither. On anything, so it's um, it's a hard hard time, kind of, you know. We we shut down. We dealt with with you know the first lockdown. Um, I think you know in in exemplary ways, kind of you know businesses looked at what they were doing. They rejigged. They they you know went into the takeaway mode or you know um, meals heat heat and eat meals uh, mode, and they kind of survived with with you know amazing support from from what's normally our dining dining guests and you know then we opened up and it was you know kind of good it was a little confidence it was you know gentle gentle but you know my last five weeks i was cooking for guests again and my dining room felt like a real dining room again and it was super exciting and you know great and then now we're you know we're back to well essentially going to be takeaways again for six weeks maybe longer uh, we don't really know just yet can you compare the first lockdown to this one? You know, the first one obviously was shock for everyone, but, you know, how, how are you feeling compared to that initial lockdown this time around? Uh, a, a whole lot better. Can I, I think the, the first lockdown, you yeah, know, I remember, I remember sitting at home and, you know, oh, there's a press conference from uh, Mr. Morrison and kind of like, oh, we're shut. And it was, it was super immediate, super kind of like, you know, this is happening now. Uh, where you know in in Victoria and in Melbourne, uh, we've you know we've been looking at those numbers now for the last two weeks, and you know we we're yeah I'm I'm an optimist. I went like yeah no sure they'll they'll curve it they, you know sure they'll yeah they'll they'll control it kind of like this is just a irregularity a little spike yeah carry on kind of like and it, it's also because. I think in in our industry, you know, the, the restaurants we're all doing the right thing. We're we're following the rules. We're we're you know sanitizing. We're instilling a bit of confidence back to our guests. Um, you know, there's been no 
no cases directly linked to restaurants or, or you know, food outlets. Um, so by all means, I thought we were doing the right thing. And then when they shut down uh, the, the, you know, the 11 suburbs or that's no, 30, 36 parts of Melbourne, it was like, oh man, we better start taking notice to this because if if these numbers keep spiking, kind of you know, we're we're I'm I'm in in the center of town. I'm on corner of Burke and Spring. Um, you know, I'm in the three thousand postcode. So we started paying attention. You know, probably a week ago, where we went like, right, cool. Do we have this time around? Do we have a plan? Kind of like last time, it took us you know probably two weeks, three weeks to. To execute and come up with, you know, how how are we going to deal with the lockdown and how are we going to, um, you know, survive? Kind of like we we need to we you know we need to pay some bills and make some money and um, it, it took us a little time to respond and I'm I'm very happy with the response that we that we came up with and how we executed it over the last lockdown where now it's gonna today was a a frantic <laughs> frantic bunch of meetings. Where we got like right, cool. We have you know we have a web shop ready. We have packaging ready. We have ideas ready because we've been talking about it for you know a few days now. Um, and and yeah, you know, we we've been talking about it cautiously, kind of like you know what if they lock down? And it's it's you know this time around we're we're much better prepared. Um, it's it's um, a whole lot less stressful this time. But you know that doesn't take away the 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 anger. Um, the anger of it all, where you go, like you know, because a, a few individuals not doing the right thing, I'm I'm having to do takeaway again, and that's not my that's not my preferred <laughs> my preferred venue. I rather rather cook meals and put it on plates, and you know, have my guests enjoy it as opposed to taking it home for a, a virtual Zoom dinner. <laughs> a little earlier, you did sort of mention that you know you're feeling a mix of emotions and disappointment and anger amongst those. Could could you? Tell us a bit about that. What what's making you feel that way? Oh, you know, kind of like as I said, like we're doing. Um, I think as an industry, we're doing not only an amazing job, but we're we're dealing with some some really really tough situations. Um, you know, kind of liquor is 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 kind of lucky because it's not a very big dining room. Um, you know, we would do thirty two covers as as, as a max kind of thing. Uh, with with these new rules, we could do a, a maximum of twenty six. Uh, we're currently still at well, we're still at that 20, 20 mark, um, and so we can deal with that. But now it's out of our control again. Like you know, the everything that we're trying to do right with you know the the, the one and a half meter, all the all the guidelines that we get, our industry has been doing the right thing, and um, it feels like we're being punished for you know the the misadventures of of a few, or whether that's intentional or not kind of like you know i'm sure these people didn't mean to get COVID or spread it um but it's it's um yeah it's just it's it it just makes me angry that you know if everybody just did the right thing we wouldn't be in this in this in this ship again i I don't i don't want to do takeaway (laughs) i want to i want to cook for people yeah i want people to sit in my dining room have a glass and yeah that, that was probably one of the worst things of the first lockdown is that yeah, whilst we're doing the the takeaway, the heat and eat meals, um, you know, regularly, and I was I was still in town and um, you know doing things. The the dining room was just so bare; it just felt so still and kind of like you know horrible. Um, especially if you 
if you like being in restaurants you know you want to have music on and atmosphere and you know people you want people to enjoy themselves and i i can't i can't imagine that anyone is going to enjoy this second lockdown can you tell us a bit about what you did originally with that sort of take home sort of heat and eat model and some of the meals that you did and is that something that you'll be doing with this second lockdown to sort of get through it yeah so first when the first lockdown happened as i said like it took probably took about two weeks to kind of formulate and deal with uh yeah at that stage there was you know the, the job keeper thing was still kind of rumored and wasn't really happening kind of so we didn't know what we were going to do with staff um, so i had to you know stand down all of all of the like a staff that you know my team that i had there um then we went like right cool what are we going to do well we're going to cook you know fun meals that people can heat up themselves um, but we still wanted to be of high high quality. We you know we didn't want to go down the line of our you know liquor is now doing burgers. Nothing wrong with burgers, but we don't do burgers as a restaurant. So why should we do it as a as a takeaway? Um, and then so we started kind of you know tinkering with the idea of like you know how how simple can we make and heat and eat but still have you know top notch quality of you know of produce. Um, we were able to give provenance to where this produce actually came from, like we do in the dining room. And then we, it, it kind of, it came quite naturally where you go like, oh, you know, normally we do a, you know, a nice swirl of puree on a plate. Well, let's put that in a backpack bag and give people instructions of like, you know, in a pot of boiling water, put the puree in there. And then after six minutes, you can take it out and it's going to be hot enough. And you put it on the plate, how you fancy, you know, you be your own chef this time around. Um, and then we just started making making meals. Um, probably the first couple were, you know, very safe. Where we did a braised lamb shoulder and like a little pumpkin puree, and we had some some rolls that we made and a salad. Um, and we just typed up a lovely little step by step letter uh, to give people really clear and concise instructions as to this is how you eat it. And then, you know, we did our, our little liquor touches where we suggested a playlist, a bottle of wine, um, you know, um, if someone would find the bay leaf that was in, in a particular thing, they would have to do the dishes. Um, <laughs> and we just tried to have a bit of fun with, with what we were serving, kind of like the, the jokes that we, that we crack at the table. You know, if any, anyone finds a peppercorn, you know, they, they don't have to pay the bill. Um, and it's, it's, it's the, you know, we, we have... We generally try to have some fun in our dining room, so we try to emulate that into into the takeaway packs. And I think kind of you know we were we were pretty successful with that, um, and we'll we'll be looking at doing doing the same again. But this time there's you know there's a bit more certainty. We now know that we we can bring back the chefs to you know to help and prepare. And uh, instead of the one, we always offer just the one. Yeah, we, we would make 15, 20, 20, 20 of a particular box sell out and then do another one where now we can go like actually we can go offer the one box, but we can do a snack pack and we can do a dessert box. and Like we can actually start formulating a bit more of a, of a whole meal as opposed to the main course um, with, yeah, as I said, like with the certainty that we have staff and um, the boys from the front of the house can actually go and do the deliveries wine match whilst they're there <laughs> and uh, kind of actually actually no actually still feel productive like you know the whole team is 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 in it um and it's it's a really nice it's it's a much nicer feeling to know this time around 
I will not be the only one in this kitchen. Can you tell us a bit about Lekka? You've had a pretty you know, extraordinary career with Mericode and Key for, for a long time. And um, tell us a bit about this restaurant. It was a move back to Melbourne and um, you're cooking more of um, cuisine of your heritage. But um, what, what's, what makes Lekka different? Oh, <laughs> well, Le- Lekka was, was a, 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 a dream, kind of like it, it was something that kind of kind of happened um, kind of unexpected. Um, I finished up at Key after I was there for, for four years, uh, took a little bit of time off. Um, and at, at one stage, my wife said, OK, you know, you, you, you are bored now. You need to go get a job. And I just I, I, I couldn't I couldn't find anything that I that I really liked. Um, yeah, I had, had some you know some job offers and you know did, did the rounds and you know had a look at, at some stuff and um, someone that I met um, through you know through a couple of years ago just through through being in the in, in the food scene. Um, he owns the Windsor Hotel. Um, Adi, Adi, Mr. Halim owns owns the Windsor Hotel, and he had always said like, ah, oh, once you're done at Key, come have a coffee. And I thought, I, you know what, kind of like I've got nothing, nothing to lose. And, you know, it's, it's a beautiful, gorgeous hotel. It's, it's one of the oldest hotels in, in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, it's a really grandeur, kind of old-style hotel. And we're having this coffee, and he goes like, oh, you know, if you want to do a restaurant, kind of like or a pop-up. I go like, oh, actually, pop-up. But I don't want to do, you know, pop-up for a couple of days. I want to do like a residency. Like, like let's do a month or two, three, or maybe a season. I don't actually just, just – cook again kind of like just cook dishes that i like to cook uh, and eat and put it in front of people and he goes like oh i've got this this function room and my my hand on my heart my first reaction was like oh my god no like this this you know, the hotel is, is gorgeous but it's really old-fashioned and kind of like i didn't imagine myself cooking in this in that environment and then he showed me uh, a function room that's on 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 burke street on, on number one burke street there and it's a really modern space it's a perfect little bistro space actually and yeah we we had a look at the space and i went like yeah cool and you know is there a kitchen and the kitchen is fantastic it's it's a well decked out function kitchen it's way too big for what what i'm doing but it's great and then yeah we had another coffee and essentially three weeks later i was cooking at liquor um the name you know liquor means tasty in dutch or delicious and it, it was supposed to be uh, a, a summer residency, three months um, for me to you know cook and have fun and kind of decide on where where I wanted to go or what I want to do after this. Um, you know, for the hotel, it's a really nice additional outlet to the to the offerings that they already have. Uh, they also own Sunda. Um, that's you know sister sister restaurant. Plus, you know, the hotel itself is is a busy busy place. Um, we did three months. We had some, you know, some some rave reviews. Um, we were very well received by, you know, the regulars that I still have from from my Maricode days. People that came in for the first time and loved the food. And we decided to do another three months. And two weeks into that, you know, Corona happened, <laughs> and so I, I missed I missed an entire an entire season pretty much with the first lockdown. And now we're, uh, you know, we kind of. Once, once we started, you know, the murmurs of kind of like, oh, yeah, we're going to be open and you know, we're going to be open with 20 covers and, you know, we were like, great. And it was, it was like, you know, relaunching 
a new restaurant because we went like, all right, everything off the table, winter menu. What are we going to do? What are we going to serve? How are we going to serve it? We, um, we brought the cheese trolley back that we had at Maricard because originally we didn't have space, but now with these constrictions of, you know, you can only have X amount of tables or X amount of people in there, we had more space. So trolley came back. Uh, and yeah, as I said, five weeks and now, so, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, the, the, the spring, spring or summer menu, depending on, on how these next six weeks are going to go. You know, we have to start looking at, at the future, future plans. Um, so yeah, Lekka, Lekka was kind of, you know, born, born out of a desire to cook. You mentioned that, you know, it's food you love to cook and it's food you love to eat. Can you give us some examples of, of what that is? Yeah. So um you know i'm i'm uh, as you know I'm, I'm dutch um the dutch cuisine is not a you know it's not a, a staple cuisine that everybody knows about so there's you know in general the dutch the dutch eat quite hearty hearty meals you know kind of like at least at least one kind of potatoes whether it's steamed boiled fried and uh you know a good bit of protein but there's actually quite a few you know, um, yeah, I call them I call them dishes out of my past. Like my grandmother used to make this soup, which is you only eat it in winter, and it's a soup you put your spoon in, and it stands up straight. It, it you know puts hairs on any chest. It's it's a it's a ridiculous meal soup. But if you refine that a little bit, the the flavors and the tastes of it are just phenomenal. So you know, I'm I'm you know I've been cooking for uh, <laughs> quite a few years now. And I'm trying to think. 20, 20, 23, 24 years, something like that. So, you know, I have to, I have to, the knowledge and the ability to refine this sort of stuff and actually, you know, put it on, 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 a, on a plate in Australia. I mean, this soup you wouldn't eat in Australia. It's always way too warm in Australia. But now for the winter menu, it's like something we can do. Um, you know, little, little things kind of like the, the, the bitter ballad. It's, it's a classic Dutch beer snack. Whenever you go to you know a, a pub or a bar in Holland, they have them. They go in the fryer. They're delicious with beer. So we have them as a snack, um, and it's it's kind of like just little little touches, um, whilst you know using pretty much just Victorian produce. Um, you know, I've always and we we already did this at at Maricode, you know, quite a few years ago now, but. It was always showcasing the best that we could get for that season. Uh, you know, during winter it, we used to be MacIver Farm because you know their their pigs are a bit fattier and a bit bitter. During summer it's Western Plains because uh, they're a bit leaner and you know slightly slightly different pigs. Um, so it's it that was kind of you know the the exercise and the freedom that we that we have here at Lecker is that. You know, nothing is safe on the menu. <laughs> it changes. You know, every second third week we change. The whole menu, half the menu, a dish, um, and it's it's a it's a really nice uh, kind of formula to work on. Yeah, kind of like oh, you remember you remember eating that apple pie your grandma used to make? I mean, it sounds really sappy because most grandmothers made apple pies from wherever you're from, but it's kind of like yeah, we should do something like that. That's really wintry, and then yeah, we start tinkering and playing, and the next thing you know, you have not an apple tart but a rhubarb tart on your menu. How did you get started in cooking and how does a proud Dutchman end up in, in Melbourne cooking for, for Melbournians? <laughs> ah, well, let, let's, let's do the cooking first. Um, uh, I have always had a, an, an, an appetite for, for food, kind of like I love food. 
and I I kind of trained in a in a hotel school, very serious. Um, and and originally not even, yeah, I wasn't training to cook. I was training to learn all the all the you know the craft that comes with hotel operations, you know, F and B manager, and that that hired to middle management in in the hotel restaurant world. And then I I did a stash as a as an assistant in an office, and I fucking hated it. I I really did not like what these people were doing in an office. Kind of it it didn't it didn't appease me at all. And I did yeah. I asked, hey, can I move, be transferred to a different section or part of the hotel? And they were like, oh yeah, go see the head chef because you know for sure he's got something to do. And like the head chef went like, yeah, are you, are you sure you want to do? the kitchen kind of like you know go do f&b management I'm like no like let's check out this cooking thing and i was hooked like the first service i did it's like you know a complete adrenaline junkie for service um i love the you know the the hustle the bustle the the service the environment the camaraderie um and from there on you kind of you know once 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 it has has you know it's hooks in you you kind of you just get pulled down this 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 tunnel of you know <laughs> adrenaline searching for good food, um, and then you you know you, you end up in a in a Michelin place or a three head place, and you go like wow this is like you know we're on the top of our game here we're cooking so hard and so refined and so you know the the search for perfection, and then um, you know you can you can keep that up or kind of like hey let's make a, a slight lifestyle movement and you know, have a day off or not work 100 hours and you end up you know with your own restaurant which seems you know seemed like a fucking amazing idea and then you work harder than you've ever worked before um and that's kind of so, you know it, it, it like it, it went really fast like it's as i said like once i was in and hooked on on the adrenaline of of cooking there's no yeah there's no drugs that will ever compete to that kind of like nothing will ever compete to that um and how did i end up in melbourne well so i finished my school i did a couple of years in london and in london i bumped into this australian girl um and she's she's my wife <laughs> and she had said like hey why don't you come come to australia for a holiday and at that stage i knew there was mad max i knew there was a crocodile dundee <laughs> and that it was a big country and that's all i knew about australia uh, arrived here. Um, my wife is from Rutherglen, so you know, in an amazing region to get your first, you know, Aussie taste kind of thing. And I, I just, you know, I love Aussies. They have a really good sense of humor. They don't take themselves too serious. They have amazing produce and and kind of like you know, the food scene here is, and that's not just Melbourne. That's all of, you know, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide. They have amazing restaurants. Uh, it's probably one of the most diverse melting pots uh, food-wise in the world. Like you, you know, kind of. I mean, even even just I was I was flicking through your your podcast to kind of remember who was there. But you know, we have uh, Afrocola. We have um, uh, Vic. You know, at at uh, Lee Ho, um, and and kind of like all like. It couldn't be more diverse if 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 you tried, but it's all here at our fingertips, and I think that's a you know a super a super exciting place to be part of or cooking with, and it's like you know we're all we're all we're all mates. We all know each other. We all you know occasionally have a beer together, um, or you know share notes on oh, hey how are you doing this or what are you doing there or and even more so now 
the the sharing of information and the the caring for each other is is higher and better than it, it's ever been, um, which is a uh, you know it's a really nice place to be. Well, that's really stood out during this period. The um, the community aspect of the hospitality industry and how everyone bands together. You know, what what will you be doing differently during this lockdown after having experienced one already? Um, well, actually, because <laughs> the last one, the last one took a bit of a toll. It's it's you know as I said, it's not it wasn't the easiest thing to do working through, um, you know, being in the kitchen by yourself. So this one, I am going to take a little bit of time off, I suppose, kind of like just be at home, um, you know, hang out, hang out with, with my wife and my, my dog and my cat and just spend a bit of time just being at home and kind of treat, treat myself kind of like a little, little mini holiday um, and kind of make sure that, you know, the guys that are working do get that same kind of reprieve from, you know, because like none of us, none of us sign up for takeaway. Like none of us, you know, most of us want to do service and want to do, want to be busy. Um, so I think just the, just the dealing with, yeah, I mean, it sounds sounds you know a bit boring, but like the mental health of my team is going to be more on the on the forefront this time around. Where you know, check in on people, kind of you know, we we can still kind of move around a little bit. Or you know, come to work, but maybe have a you know, have a cup of tea, um, where you know, the normal the normal routine is when you know when when the guy the front of guy, front of house guys arrive, we have a coffee, we talk about the service, the day, um, and I think that kind of that social part um, is kind of taken away a little bit. So I wanna I wanna you know, probably have a bit more of a, a conscience effort. And just you know, pick up the phone, ring someone, kind of, hey, how are you doing? How's things? Are you are you okay? Because um, a lot of people, you know, are trying to be okay, but <laughs> it's 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 harder than ever before to be okay. While we're still um, clearly in the middle of the pandemic, when you look back at this period in the future, what do you think will stand out for you? I'm gonna I'm gonna try to forget it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I think what will stand out is the the, the resilience. You know, kind of like I, I've always known that that the hospitality breed, you know, what makes us breathe every day. It's a, we're a resilient bunch of you know cooks, waiters, sommeliers, um, and I think the you know the the resilience to 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 well, we we can't combat this, but we can't we can make it better. Um, we can make it better by still providing great meals or a wine match or you know um, a, a care package. Um, you know we've we've been doing little little meals for hospital workers that are out of a job. Um, they're doing a tough or you know maybe they're a visa worker so they don't get the job keeper. Um, you know they're 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 working on you know how how am I going to get a meal? Um, and I think kind of that that you know we're all we're all in this together. We are all, you know, we're all, you know, fucking hating it. But we can make it better by just being there for each other. Like, take care of each other. Look around. Look around your direct community. You know, is there someone that, that you know, needs a, a bag of flour, a cup of sugar, a chat, a cold beer, uh, you know, whatever, whatever it needs. And I think the hospitality 
as a, as a as a unity um, has has picked up amazing um, and you know picked up their game and actually went like you know mental health. I, I remember ten years ago cooking mental health didn't mean shit to anyone, um, and and now more than anything people go like oh you know are you okay kind of you want to have a chat you want to talk you want to get it off your chest um, and it's it's I think. You know those sort of things that that will hopefully be you know in in from here on in from the future or into the future um people will will be a bit more sensitive to that sort of stuff you know remember remember that we all we're all you know we're all hating this this part and kind of how do we get better well by taking care of each other taking care of our our communities well looking at the current lockdown in melbourne what are the lessons for the rest of australia <laughs> uh, be careful what you're doing in hotel quarantine. Kind of, that's a, that's a big lesson I think out of out of what's currently happening here. No, I think um, yeah, as, as I said earlier, I don't think anybody really wanted to get COVID or you know actively actively spread uh, the disease. It just shows how incredibly fast um, you know it it moved. Um, two weeks ago, we were at six, maybe ten cases a day. Uh, yesterday was 190. Today I think it's 130, um, and it just it just moves so rapid, um, and it's it's you know probably to do with people not really following the rules or being you know you know having that 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 moment of freedom and go like yeah fuck it we're out of lockdown where I can now shake hands again. I mean I'm I'm guilty of that. I I still you know want to shake people's hands. Kind of like no elbow, you know heel foot kind of like. Just a nod, <laughs> and it's it's those sort of things that you know, in a, in an unguarded moment, uh, you can you can do a lot of damage without without knowing it. So, just you know, keep keep up the rules, keep up the distance, and for all the brothers and sisters in in my industry, you know, keep up the great work. There is not one case related to a restaurant, so that means we're doing the right thing, and, and keep that up. Like, don't become complacent, don't take the piss. And I like, you know, it sucks. It will suck for probably the rest of the year. Um, but if we keep doing the right thing, we're, we're, we're looking a whole lot better already. Well, if everyone does the right thing and, you know, this six weeks um, stays at six weeks and you get to open lacquer again and deliver a spring menu, um, what's it going to be like cooking the spring menu? And do you have any dishes in mind from your ancestry that would uh, be great in spring it's gonna be it's gonna be glorious it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what i cook it's gonna be glorious just cooking like just putting food on plate again um I, I actually um right now we're you know we're talking about doing the the heat and eat uh lecker packs again so we're, we're kind of busy with that where we're yeah, we're like, right, cool. We'll do one like this, one like that. Kind of come up with some garnishes and some bits that are, um, you know, easy, easy for my guests to to heat up at home, kind of thing. Um, so I'm busy, busy looking at that uh, spring menu. I, I, I haven't, I haven't thought about it yet. I think it's a, uh, you know, let's get through at least four weeks of this, and then then we'll start thinking. <laughs> and also, kind of, I mean, this is this is the other part of of you know what makes this harder. A lot of my producers are pretty small, um, you know, like the the guys from Great Ocean Road Duck. You know, they were cautiously going to grow out a few more ducks, and they're they're not going to sell any duck for the next you know six weeks. So they're they're going to struggle. So it's going to be 
you know, it's going to be hard actually, you know, reopening and going like, right, cool, who's who's still around? Who is still, you know, is is my fishmonger still working and alive and you know doing well and um, you know, can I did he get enough support during during this second lockdown? Um, I think you know the first lockdown, everybody just kind of tried their hardest, and now we have to try even harder to to make sure that you know all the all the moving pieces around us are good as well. Kind of you know a lot of a lot of the smaller, uh, as I said, the smaller producers they're going to struggle because no one no one is buying anything at the moment. Like no one no one will be buying flowers to garnish with. Because we're not garnishing anything, yeah. No one will be buying micro herbs because they're just not going to be using it for for the next six weeks again. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of little little things that kind of will, I think, um, uh, like the outcome of like after these six weeks when we go spring menu, it'd be interesting to see who and what is around and and what's actually you know available, and that will you know that will obviously dictate what we're gonna what we're gonna cook it's gonna be you know nice little light dishes hopefully with a bit of bit of a a sense of humor and you know a welcome back welcome back to dining uh dining um as as in dining in a dining room again well let's hope that that happens uh really soon uh mate always great to chat and uh also, it's nice to talk to someone who likes the same terrible music that I do as well. Although we didn't talk about that today. Oh. <laughs> um, I mean, that that's actually that's one of the one of the kind of positives of of you know this this having time time to myself and time, yeah, you know, extra time that I'm not in the kitchen. Can I actually can go like ah oh, you know I'll put on the catalog on the Spotify and go like right let's do. A day of Iron Maiden, or a day of you know, a day of Megadeth, where you just play the one band. That's that's been a good thing about about you know the good old COVID. Um, everything else is is rubbish, but yeah. <laughs> well, I'll I'll sign up for that too. Check, check out the latest Havoc album. That's a, that's a good. <laughs> Thanks one. for the tip, mate. Always good to chat. Um, keep in touch. I know it's pretty tough times. Um, um, stick in there and um, just keep doing what you're doing, and, and we'll talk soon. No worries, you too, man. Take it easy and say hi to uh, to the wife and the kids. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of Australia's hospo community, suppliers and producers in search of hope during this pandemic. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.